0: You're listening to so many sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. What
1: in the... (laughs) No, I just... I'm Garrett. I need to start going second. This is
2: not... Good
0: night. I don't know why I'm just the only one who will just say
1: his name. I try every time. And I gotta deal with that. That's Uh, why I gotta put him at the end.
0: Put him at the the back of the line. We're starting strong here. This is our final episode of the Mission Impossible series. We're wrapping up the whole shebang with Mission Impossible Fallout the installment currently in theaters. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've all seen it now. Um, Some of us have seen it twice. Some of us have seen it three times. Right here. I've seen it once. So we're going to have a a whole array of opinions, I'm assuming, because of that. In this episode, installment, whatever you want to call it, uh, we find Ethan Hunt back at it again. Once you think he's out, they pull him right back in, and he is trying to stop um, John Lark the mysterious John Lark, and the apostles from getting a hold of three, I guess, canisters of plutonium. Was it plutonium? or plutonium. Plutonium in order to stop a nuclear attack somewhere in the world. That's where we are. What did everybody think of this one? The best one by far. Yes. No question. Hands down. The undisputed champion of Mission
1: Impossible is Fallout. They get better with age. They really are. The And, like, I I don't want to compare them necessarily to the Fast and the Furious because, one, I haven't seen all the Fast and the Furious, but none of them have been, like, terrible. Like, the first few Fast and the Furious were not great, but they've gotten a lot better right here. These have just gotten consistent They started off good and then dipped and then got better each yeah. time. Fast and the Furious gets too much attention and Mission Impossible does not get
0: nearly enough. Yeah. Ah, that's fair. You know what? I'd agree with that. Because Mission Impossible Fallout is... One of the best action movies I've ever seen of any action movie series, not just Mission Impossible. Fallout is among the gold standard of action movies, in my
1: opinion. Yeah. It definitely takes things up a notch, because I think, for me, 3 and 4 were pretty interchangeable. Or, uh, 4 and 5 were pretty interchangeable. As far as, like, they were both pretty good, they had really good action stuff, but, like, this one, action-packed, intense craziness. And a really good story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it showed a different side because, and again, we, we haven't gotten like, into spoilery things yet. But like, I want to I want to specify that this movie's not been out like all the other Mission Impossibles. So if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to spoil it. Yeah, because at this point it's been out for almost two months. Yeah. So no more right. no spoilers. So it's spoilers territory. If you haven't seen it, run the risk of spoilers or save this episode and come back later. But... It had a really good story. And what I liked about this one is it had some tender moments, I guess. Because Ethan Hunt's wife, not wife, love of all time, Julia comes back in several aspects of this movie. And you see him really torn apart with what he's done and how she has to live her life. And especially at the end, he is like heartbroken that he almost got her killed. And it's a, a side of Ethan that we haven't really seen since three. It's very emotional and it's raw, and he's dealing with all of these feelings that you don't really get in three or in four and five. And it's a lot more elaborate than what you got in three.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more. Um, the stakes are higher in different ways in this one. And I like that a lot. It's not just that there are three nuclear bombs about to go off somewhere in the world. But it's that everyone Ethan cares about will die if they go off. And he'll be the lone survivor. Mm-hmm. And that is what drives him particularly. Because the whole point of this movie, as, as as it is pointed out in the beginning, is that he's not willing to make the, the right sacrifice that a spy or whatever you want to call him in his position needs to make. He... What was the mission he screwed up earlier? He let he let the plutonium go to save Luther. Yeah. yeah, Even though Luther said, don't do it. And the bosses were like, you shouldn't have done it. You should have saved... You're like, Luther's life is outweighed by the lives of the millions of people affected by a nuclear disaster. But he couldn't do it. So he's got that on his shoulder the whole time that he needs to... He needs to do what's best for the greater good. Yeah. And this time, at the end of the movie, he gets hit with a with a double whammy of not only do I have to save everyone's life, but I also have to save the lives of the people I care about all in one fell swoop.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a lot for Ethan to go through. Yeah. And this one took so many, you know, twists and turns. I really liked Henry Cavill in this part. And I liked it because he played a different type of character than what we've seen in any of the other ones, because he's there as like a supervisor. He's equally, based on they talk about his reputation, you don't see him much. But he's equally just as badass as Ethan Hunt, but he's with the CIA. And so the CIA, um, Angela Bassett's character is in charge of the CIA at this point in time. And right before Ethan Hunt's about to go get the plutonium, she's like, nah, my guy's going with you to keep you in check and make sure that you follow all the stuff that you're supposed to do. And he's just a badass, Mm -hmm. Henry Cavill is, and you can tell. Um, And then, you know, he turns on Ethan. You don't really know why yet at this point in time. For me, it was just like, uh, he's a jealous little CIA person who's wanting to turn on Ethan so he can be a big bad guy and save the day. Mm -hmm. Then you find out that he's actually part of the apostles and working with Solomon Lane, and is Lark, and all of this crazy stuff that keeps happening and leads up to just wildness at the end.
0: What I really loved about Cavill's character is there is one scene in particular that is very well made that is a, a fight scene in the bathroom of, yeah. uh, of the Grand Palace is what I thought it was called, but Henry Cavill says it a weird way later on. Anyway, there's a they're trying to get the guy believed to be John Lark. They get in a big fight with him. It's him. It's it's the Lark versus Cavill and, and Tom Cruise. And they use that moment. I felt like they were using it to show Ethan's age a bit because he was getting whooped all up and down and and was really slow. And Henry Cavill, while also getting beat up, jumped right back and kept going into it, where you knew like, if he wasn't there, Ethan would have maybe not gotten away with this mission because of how he just couldn't keep up. Yeah, And that was the first time we've really gotten to see his age show a little bit. So
1: I like that about Cavill's character being there. That fight scene in that bathroom, I said after the movie was one of the best executed and choreographed fight scenes that I have seen in a very long time. And it really goes to show, you know, I don't know if Henry Cavill was doing his own stuff. I don't know if the other guy in the scene was doing his own stuff. But Tom Cruise in all of these movies insists on doing his own stunts. And so for me, it just takes it up a notch because I know that Tom Cruise is the one doing it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to cover his face You don't have to shoot him from the back. You can shoot him from the front and see him doing all these things. And I compared it, the fight scene, to a Jackie Chan movie fight scene. Because in the same situation, you know it's Jackie Chan doing it. And it just, for me, has always taken it to a different level of knowing that the guy you're watching is the guy doing those things. And for me, it's just really impressive and it makes it that much better. But the fight scene itself was just great.
2: You you touched on something last night about Buster Keaton.
1: I Keaton. stole that from somebody else, so I can't take credit. Another podcast brought it up, but yes, I know where you're going.
2: Okay, right? yeah, but one of the things that one of the things I like to say about it is like it, it does remind me a lot of Buster Keaton because Buster Keaton. If none of you all, if you're not none of you all know who Buster Keaton is, go look up his movies because that man is crazy. <laughs> like this is the guy who this is the guy who uh, just did so many stuff did so much crazy stuff during the silent era. And uh, he, he's really quite an influence on a lot of people, including Jackie Chan, including uh, Tom Cruise. And you see a lot of that here. I love this movie in particular because it, it, like, it showcases exactly what Mission Impossible is supposed to be, I feel like. And we finally get a good, solid action movie with a good, solid plot and a, and a good amount of heart through the characters. And I think everything here is developed well. I think everything here is, I think everything here, just like you said a little bit ago, executed quite perfectly. Um, my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes, was in the very beginning, um, whenever they were trying to get the code from that from that guy in the hospital. I I I love that scientist. Um, when they, were, they were trying to get that, sci- that code from the scientists. Everything about that, everything leading up to it, and all of a sudden, you're just hit with a whole new twist on it.
0: Yeah. And- it, you know, Tom or Ethan Hunt fails his mission in the beginning to, to stop the plutonium from getting to the apostles by, by refusing to sacrifice Luther. So the plutonium gets out there, and then we're taken to the hospital room of this scientist where. Um, the attacks have happened in uh, three holy cities and it's not looking great. They got CNN on the TV and Wolf Blitzer is, is reporting live as it's happening and they're trying to get this information out of him. And then once they get it, literally the walls fall down and we reveal that it's in a, a, a soundstage type of situation where it was all Totally faked. I about flew out of my seat. (laughs) I saw you. Because I I didn't see it coming at all. I was watching your reaction. And then, so Wolf Blitzer walks up, and I was like, they got Wolf Blitzer in on this? And then he pulls it off, and it's a mask, and it was bending the whole time. And then I about jumped out of my seat again, because I didn't see that coming either. I never see the masks coming. No. The masks get me every time.
1: Is that the first time Benji got to wear a mask? Yep. Uh, I, was, I was so happy and for And then he him. got to, he was the only one who wore them the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, now. he wore it again, pretending to be Solomon Lane yeah. when they uh, trapped
0: Cavill. This this series is so good with fake outs and twists and I think and a lot of that credit has to go to Christopher McQuarrie, who's the first director to return to the franchise. Uh, he directed this one and was it Ghost Protocol that he did? No, he or did. Or was uh, it Rogue Nation? He did Rogue Nation. Nation. So he's, he's done two in a row now. Uh, so I think a lot of the credit has to go to him for for
2: that. I'll I'll, I'll say something about Christopher McQuarrie. Um, <clears throat> Christopher Nolan uh-huh. is what is the writer and director like the king the king writer and director to the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Christopher McQuarrie is the same is the is the Christopher Nolan of Mission Impossible. Oh, if really? That, if that makes sense. I feel like that anyway, because I feel like he gets the material well, mm-hmm. I feel like he writes it well, and I feel like it, I feel like everything just connects, and I think he does a great job with it, because it's very twisty, and Christopher McQuarrie's pretty much all about that, I just got done watching The Usual suspects Specs again, and it's still a great film, mm-hmm. um, it, still hold, it still holds up, uh, after all these years, yeah. And the fact that he's at the helm of this makes it even better because I think it's just perfect.
0: Yeah, I think Mission Impossible is definitely his wheelhouse, and I hope that they bring him back for a seventh installment should they yeah. decide to do one. Uh, we talked a lot about Henry Cavill; uh, his character is a new character. Uh, there were some other new characters, though. You know, we had re- this one had a lot of returning ones. Uh, they've gotten more, more and more have returned each one. It seems like in this one, I th- felt like had the most. Uh, Luther was back, Benji was back, uh, uh, Agent Fa- Faust was back from Rogue Nation, Solomon, Solomon Lane was back, uh, Alec Baldwin was back, so we had a, a lot of returning cast, but some of the new characters that, that I liked a lot, really most of them I liked, include Henry Cavill, uh, Angela Bassett is in this one as the new CIA director, she was really good, and she replaced uh, Alec Baldwin when he you know took the IMF position they talk about, and she's the one responsible for putting uh, Cavill's character into the mix. So that was really interesting. She she was kinda like presented as a as a bad guy, not in the in the sense of she's actively trying to hurt people, but in the sense of she's dragging down the operation by throwing this guy in there. Yeah. So she was like, ugh the 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 bureaucracy of the whole thing that, that is slowing Ethan down and I liked her role in that. Um Vanessa Kirby stars in this one as the white widow. She was pretty cool. She's uh She knew. S- New yeah. to the series? I just I, I
1: mean, brand really new
0: human being. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, she's fairly Came new. Twenty seven or however she's named <laughs> she's
0: fairly new. Now. She's from uh, she's on the in the Crown on Netflix for people who have seen that. Um, and that's I think that's what most people would recognize her from. I, I looked through her filmography yesterday, and that was one of the main ones. She's done some movies, but none that I've really seen. So yeah, she's she's fairly new to the to the. To the game, I think. Okay. But I I enjoyed her. She was the one who was, you know, had the plutonium or whatever, and then things crazy. And then, uh, well, maybe those were the main ones
1: I wanted to talk about as I look over the cast list. Yeah. Do we think... So, again, <clears throat> if you haven't seen the movie, uh, spoilers, <laughs> Alec Baldwin dies! And I was really upset no. with this, because this is the first role that Alec Baldwin has done in a long time, where he wasn't just Alec Baldwin, it seems like. He was able to get you know, he was authoritative and he was intimidating and he got out in the field and he was fighting people and then doing a whole bunch of stuff and I was really digging his character and then Henry Cavill killed him. And do we think that Angela Bassett, based on how the movie ended, is she gonna come over and follow and be the new IMF? Because I liked Angela Bassett's character and what she brought, but I don't feel like she, as an actress of her caliber, had a lot to do. And so for me, it would just seem a little odd to have her in this one-off situation and not come back in another capacity in the next one. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, I be, a
0: lot of times they can get away with having bigger actors in smaller roles because they don't have to commit a lot of time to it. That's so it, it could go either way. Because of the fact that they uh, mentioned that uh, taking the IMF job was considered a sidestep or a demotion to Hunley. Yeah. I am I don't know if we'd see a second one in a row leave a CIA
1: director to go join IMF. Sure. That makes sense. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they carry it on because, again, I think last episode I mentioned that Jeremy Renner wasn't... He wasn't in this one. He was the one main guy that didn't return for Fallout, but previously he had been signed to three movies, so he's got at least one more. So if they do another one be interesting to see how they carry everything over because you would think that Faust at this point in time is now a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Luther has been in them longer than he was in Ghost Protocol. Benji is still there. Ethan Hunt obviously, uh, and then you throw Jeremy Renner in there. It'd be interesting to see how they all collaborate and work together.
0: Yeah, I miss uh, I miss Jeremy Renner in this one. I wish he were in it. It would it definitely would have been interesting. I really like his character and I like his I just like seeing him in movies so yeah i I wish that we could have seen him uh what are some things that we didn't like? I have nothing I really so I really don't have I, I have at a all. very tiny little thing that I thought of if I just had to. I know that they did it to bring more of an emotional pull to Ethan, but when you really step back and look at it having Julia there didn't serve a purpose.
1: She was just kind of there just to be there. I think it was a way to close a book because I don't think that she's going to come back and I think that they're going to turn his attention to Faust. So I think that she was there for the ending alone to be like, I'm happy, I'm where I should be, I sleep soundly knowing that you're always going to be there to to save the day. Kissed him on the forehead, walked over away. Ilsa whispered something to Julia, and then Julia left. And I think that's the end, and I think that she won't appear in any future ones, and I think it was a way to close the book on that so Ethan can focus on a love interest in Ilsa Faust. Yeah, It could be. Because there was that whole I scene hope they where, don't do that just because I don't need it. There was that but. whole scene where Luther talked about how he's only cared about two people and Julia was one and was like, he cares more about you than he'll admit and all that stuff. So I think they were trying to bring it back to someone who can do more, but I don't know. That's just my theory.
0: Interesting.
1: For me, I think the only, and this is nitpicky, is I would have trimmed down some of the, the length of the action scenes. I wouldn't have cut them. But I would have trimmed them down a little bit. Um, There was a motorcycle chase where he's running from police that lasted a little bit too long. You could have trimmed a little bit, but the action was great, so it didn't really matter. And then almost immediately after that, there was another chase involving a bike and a car, and I would have trimmed that down a little bit too. Um, But I wouldn't have cut them. I thought the action was fine, and it it didn't matter. But the movie's long, and those are just a few ways that I think you could have tightened it up a little bit. Still have him in there, but maybe cut him in half a little bit.
2: This is the longest of the series, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? I want to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) If it it is, it sure felt like the shortest. Yeah, it went by quickly.
1: Despite how long it
0: was. Yeah. It really did. Yeah, so last episode I talked about how I was done with motorcycle chases because they did them all the time. Uh, and yeah. while, yeah, I do think they probably could have trimmed it down a little bit, This, the motorcycle chases in this one were way more exciting than the other ones, I sure, think. Sure, um, I agree. Was, I was on the edge of my seat throughout those motorcycle chases, so I was glad to see them uh, show, show me that they can still be fun to watch because mm-hmm. I was tired of them last time.
1: I think the last half hour was so intense. Um, I, it was. It really was. The helicopter chase, they were trying to defuse the bomb. There were two bombs with the with the plutonium cores that they, they got the third one. There were two that they couldn't stop. So they were trying to find these bombs to stop them from exploding. The only way to do it was this crazy Mission Impossible type scenario. Ethan had to go after the uh, detonator But he had never flown a helicopter before. And that's the one thing that I think another podcast mentioned is that in every movie, it seems like Ethan knows how to do everything imaginable. But in this one, he doesn't know how to fly a helicopter, even though he flies it perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had to go chase another helicopter in this crazy helicopter chase. And they had to defuse the bombs. It got down to like one second and they saved the day. It was so... Action packed and intense of all of the movies, I just very much enjoyed it. Yep. So, another podcast again that I listened to is talking about this movie. They talked about how um, Tom Cruise is a better actor than what he is able to show in these movies. And I understand what they're saying because Tom Cruise is award-winning actor. He's won Oscars before, right? Has he not won? He's been nominated. He's been nominated three times. He's been nominated for Oscars. He's won a bunch of awards. Action movies typically don't get that opportunity. But for me, again, because of the tenderness that they showed in this movie and a lot of the other things that he does, we talked about him after the movie, how he runs. He just runs like he means it. You don't see that a lot in a a lot of action movies. Why doesn't he compete for the Olympics? (laughs) So he's just... He does all of these things, and I think that he acts really well. But if you look, he's almost what sixty now, is that right? He's fifty six. Fifty six. So if you look at his recent filmography, most of the movies that he's done he's done lately, in some way, shape, or form, are a are action movies. Mm-hmm. Like they're not necessarily, um, you know, what you would think of for early Tom Cruise, where it's like Oscar nominated or, or things like that. And I just find that really interesting that at such a, I don't want to call him old, but I mean, for an action star and the, the kind of action that he's doing, that seems to be where he has decided to go at this later stage in his career rather than the earlier stages. And that's just an interesting, you don't get that from a lot of people. Normally at this point in time, as they're getting older, they're focusing more on like if they're actors of his caliber, more dramatic pieces rather than high intense action pieces to where you're doing your own stunts and the scene where he jumped from one building to another and broke his ankle is what ended up in the movie and you can see him break his ankle you can feel him break his ankle climb up that thing and then still run with a limp like he's just he's just a badass and I've grown to like Tom Cruise Through this series.
0: Yeah, I said after the movie that that Mission Impossible Fallout turned me into a Tom Cruise true believer. Uh, I want to go back now and watch more of his older movies. I just think he's too much fun to watch. Yeah. He's too much fun to watch. Uh, There's been several movies he's done over the years that I've really liked. I really liked War of the Worlds. I really liked Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I've seen that. You haven't. No. You haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow? Ooh, no, i have not seen Edge of Tomorrow. I, think- I or- love that movie. It's Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Didn't Christopher McQuarrie also the fix hell that out movie?
2: It. Like
1: I think he wrote he, it. I think he, yeah, because that movie was not great, and then they changed it a lot. Yeah, and uh, it it was it was really good. It is so so to call it underrated is not even the right words. Yeah, it is, okay. It is really fun. It was originally called Live Die Repeat. Yes, and then like they did some they did some changes and. and
2: and it was Yeah, it's okay. it very good. You should check it out. Okay. I've also not seen, you got another one right there, Oblivion. Uh, I heard, I did
0: not hear great things about Oblivion. Okay. So I don't know how good that is. Um, it, it didn't, it got about a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes, so take that with, you know, you always take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the, I've never seen either of the Jack Reacher movies. I would like to do that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Top Gun Maverick next year. I think that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a really cool cast. You know, they got they got um, Val Kilmer returning as well as Tom Cruise. And then they're introducing uh, uh, Miles Teller and, and Glenn Powell as two new pilots who I assume they're going to try to, you know, hand it over to them is what I would guess. All right. So that should be pretty cool. Uh, Glenn Powell is the guy playing. Uh, he's uh, what is it? He played yes, he played John Glenn in Hidden Figures. You may remember. Okay, yeah. And everyone knows Miles Teller now. So I think that'll be fun.
2: I think it'll be a cool movie. And also Jerry Bruckheimer's coming back to produce it. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Mm-hmm. But uh um I think if I have to say if there's one if there's one Tom Cruise movie that I really really love, uh, I love Collateral. I yeah. think Collateral is like I mean, it's, it's, I think it's his first movie where he is actually a villain. Yeah, he's like, isn't he like a serial killer He's or a serial killer yeah. who hijacks a cab. It's a great story. It's a great movie. And I'm I'm surprised he didn't get more recognition for that.
0: Do you have it? I do have it. I might borrow it from you. All right.
2: I, I think have it. It's oh, there. then
0: I don't need to. <laughs> I'll just watch it here. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been an awful long time since I saw that. Oh, I didn't even remember Mark Ruffalo was in it.
2: There's a lot of people in, in Collateral. Yeah. Anything well, else? Are we? Uh, all I have to say one more thing about Tom Cruise is, is that he may be fifty six years old, but he don't look a day over forty.
0: He really doesn't. I, I, you know, I was thinking like he does kind of look a little bit older in this movie compared to w- the other ones since we've been watching them all really recently in a row. But but he, he doesn't show it. No. I I th- when he is ch- towards the end when he is chasing. Henry Cavill's character Walker he's running across buildings throughout the city i have never seen a person run that hard or that fast in my life i i would you know what i want i would like to see that version of ethan hunt race usain bolt i don't even know <laughs> i feel like it would be closer than you would want to think it could be yeah, they, i don't know you know he runs so fast so fast I don't know. I was impressed
1: with it. I was super impressed with it. Anything else? we want to move on to some box office numbers? Or how do we want to do that since it's, uh, you know, I guess we can look at the debut.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Mission Impossible has been out, like I said earlier, about two months now. It came out July 27th. When it came out, it debuted at number one with $61 million. It was the highest uh, opening weekend numbers of a Mission Impossible movie yet. So that's pretty cool. Yay. Uh, it came out. The only other new movie that week was Teen Titans go to the movies. So, woo! Really? Yeah. Wow. It was a slow, slow weekend. Apparently, other movies out that weekend. I'm just gonna blow through these because we've all uh, we know. The Mamma Mia here we go again. The sequel, The Equalizer two, Hotel Transylvania three, Teen Titans, Ant Man and the Wasp, Incredibles two, and Jurassic World: the Fallen Kingdom. So, really, Teen Titans go to the movies is the only movie in the top ten that weekend that was not a sequel no i I didn't count far enough skyscraper and the first purger in there so skyscraper and teen titans are the only two non-sequels in the mix that weekend how about that how about that as it stands right now fallout is the fourth highest grossing mission impossible movie when you don't account for inflation actually you know when you count for inflation it goes down to number five how
1: has it not made more money I don't, than 2? I, I don't understand. How? That. I don't understand. I, okay, I still have you not You gotta seen
0: remember, two. Mission Impossible 2 came out in the year 2000. We're talking like peak Tom Cruise. Yeah, I guess. We're talking 2000. A weird time for movies. Uh, um. It it made $215 million. Mission Impossible Fallout is at 193000000 million. I'm not sure it can make it. Honestly, having been out as long as it has been. We shall see. It's definitely gonna cross into number three and pass Rogue Nation. It's only got two million dollars to 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 best that. If it can pass two hundred and nine million, it'll be number two and beat Ghost Protocol. But it's gotta get to two fifteen to, to pass Mission Impossible two. So I don't I don't know. I don't know if it'll make it. It should. You should you should not walk, you should Tom Cruise run to go see this movie. It is so <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah. Uh so we're, we all know, because this movie is still out and about in theaters, uh, we all know what the Rotten Tomato score is, so we're not going to... Unfortunately, we're not going to play our little game okay. that everybody loves. Uh, Rotten Tomato score is at 97%. They, again, they've just continued to get higher and higher each time. This is the highest one of them all. And of the other two that were in the 90s, I thought they were a little... Not high, but I was thinking like upper 80s. 97 is not an unaccurate percentage score for this movie. It is every bit of ninety seven percent in my opinion.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think on my letterbox thing I gave it a four, but I'm probably gonna revise it to a four point five because it was really good. Really good.
0: Yeah, I would give it a four point five without hesitation. I for what it is, I'm I might consider a five out of five. For as far as an action movie goes, I don't have a complaint for it. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just say
2: five five out of five. Yeah. this there's really nothing wrong with this movie. At least I think. But I I, I love the Mission Impossible. This takes it higher. It raises that bar.
0: Yep, I so. agree. Mm-hmm. This is one I would like to. I would like actually want to watch again. Yeah, want to revisit it. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps up the Mission Impossible series. We're finally done. This time we're going to it's been forever. This is the longest one we've done. We've not done one that was six movies yet. So yeah. this is new for us. It's been a very long time since we got to pick a new series. So I'm excited to do it now. Yeah. Um we're going to try to do something a little different this time. We're trying to plan ahead a little bit because in October we want to dedicate the month to a horror franchise. We want to talk about horror movies. So we want to try to find something to do now that's not too long. Preferably within the three-movie range so that we can time it up perfectly. So we're going to see what happens. And if it doesn't work, I don't know. We'll I don't know. Maybe we'll just throw the rules out and pick something anyway. Well,
1: so here's what I did. I, I upped the quantity. Normally we do four movies. I upped it to ten. Oh. So now we kind of have a little more to play with. Um, I feel like... We can wing our little vetoes if we want to. We normally each get one. Maybe in this particular case, we each get two. Okay. Um, We'll just kind of see what happens as we go through the numbers and the movies that pop up. So we're looking for three? Is that what we're looking for? I think
0: so. So if if one comes up, that's six movies. Do we need to veto it or do we just throw it out anyway? Let's, Let's see what happens. Okay. okay, let's just it's, let's play it. We're just a gonna have wasted this whole conversation. It'll be a trilogy
1: right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a trilogy right off the bat. But again, we can still have our vetoes. So number twenty nine is first, and it is the Taken series. <laughs> I would do that. I think I don't.
0: I don't know that I ever saw two and three.
2: I've never seen two and three either. So, and I like the first one.
1: Yeah, the first Taken is fun.
2: I'm. I'm
1: gonna veto only because we're coming right out of Mission Impossible, and it's a very high-intense action movie series. And for me, I think I want to try to find something different. Okay, but we'll again, we'll see what happens. Uh, Thirty-seven. Uh, nope, not gonna do that. When one. that one's just thrown out, it was Saw, but oh no, we're, goodness we're now, do- we'll just throw them out. If we'll just throw them out, we'd we'll be time.
2: doing that till Christmas.
1: Uh, Literally. <laughs> Probably so. 92, Zoolander. That's Love. two movies. Veto. Okay. I'm
2: going to veto that.
1: 56. Let's see what we got. Oh, man. <laughs> Die Hard. <gasps> How many of those?
2: There's five. there's five.
0: Oh, that sucks because I'd like to do them. But you got to throw it out. Yeah, we'll throw it out.
1: Uh, 31. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? The modern Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. So two. Yeah. We gotta, I feel like we got to throw it out. Okay, <laughs>
2: so all of our vetoes are up.
1: No, no, no. We're throwing them out. Okay. Um, Caddyshack. I think that's only two. I, I don't oh want to God.
2: ever do that.
1: <laughs> uh, cars, 41. There are three cars. <laughs>
0: I I feel like we vetoed cars before. We may have. There's a high probability. Because I think you said you didn't want the first animated one we did to be cars. I think you're right. Uh,
2: Just think about this. Talk me through it. If we do cars, we don't have to ever do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: no. <laughs> uh
1: yeah i'll i would do it oh <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything i know Why? What the, i i know at the next you have is. to say whether or not you would do it, it? i i've already used my vetoes so it doesn't matter you is use it, two vetoes i use oh i have two no yeah. no i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna say anything i, I i'm i'm gonna go long, ahead right at this point in time just do it just do what just say it. <laughs> I, I can't because I know what the next move what the what the next series is. It, so I'm not I can't veto it. Okay. Because I looked. Just out of curiosity. Okay. So cars?
0: I guess so. The fact that you don't want to use a veto makes me think the next one's not good, so I didn't say that. Then why wouldn't you veto it? Because I know and I don't think it's fair. I'll yeah, we're it. doing cars then. I'm not gonna veto okay. it. Alright. It would have been Planet of the Apes. Which one? The new ones. Mm. Yeah, but you didn't want to do an action movie. Yeah, that's true. All right. This will be a nice change. No, it won't. (laughs) Okay, so we'll be back with uh, Owen Wilson as a car. (laughs) 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 No, let me... (laughs) We get to do the Cars movies. (laughs) This is going to be so much fun. Um, Larry the Cable Guy is in him. (laughs) George Carlin. He's in the first one is he yeah he's the jeep there's a jeep is this a thing where he has one line and you're trying to make no 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 no. he has several lines okay well anyway we'll be back next week with the cars one before we'll we'll knock that out of the way we'll knock this nice family-friendly disney pixar series out of the way before we jump into horror of october does that sound fun (laughs) heck yeah all All right. right Until then, you can find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Get on there. Comment on our post. Let us know what you thought of Fallout that we really hope that you got to see because it is so much fun and uh, exciting and just, just a, a nice, fun summer blockbuster movie. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, just search for so many sequels pod there. On both of those platforms, we'll post when new episodes are available. Uh, you can like like us there and find us there. Yeah, um, Listen to us online uh, on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts that helps other people find the show and and we like to read you say nice things about us. Until next time. Did we get it?